reading will come from Mark chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. In those days, when again a great crowd had gathered, and they had nothing to eat, he called his disciples to him and said unto them, I have compassion on the crowd, because they've been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. Please be seated. Please keep your Bibles turned to Mark chapter 8. You might also want to uh, uh, mark James chapter 2. We'll be in James chapter 2 also this morning. We are continuing our sermon series from the book of Mark. We're calling it Following Jesus Immediately. The word immediately appears 82 times in the Bible. 35 of those 82 times happens right here in the book of Mark. Pay attention to the PowerPoint slide. Uh, let me call attention to a few words here. Kindness, compassion, loving, considerate, positive, understanding. Do you have any idea who I'm talking about? Well, you probably guessed already. I'm talking about Jesus. Jesus has those qualities about himself. And as Christians, we are to be Christ-like. So we are to have those qualities in, in our lives. We are to be Christ-like. Now, as Christians, we often get asked questions. People from the world ask us questions. One question that comes up uh, quite frequently, I hear it uh, uh, often several times each year, is this question. Why? Why does a good and all-powerful God allow people to suffer in this world? You see, our non-Christian friends can't understand why. Why God would allow people to suffer. I, I'm reminded of a cartoon, a real cute little cartoon. It was uh, two turtles. And, and the first turtle says, you know, sometimes, sometimes I like to ask why God allows poverty, famine, injustice when he could do something about it. Why doesn't God do something about it? To which the other turtle responded, Well, I'm afraid God might ask me the same question. You know what? God has done something about it. He did it about 2,000 years ago. The fact is, God has done something to alleviate the suffering in this world. He sent Jesus. He sent Jesus into our painful world who then, Jesus then, sent us to be his hands, to be his feet in a world full of pain. Jesus has no hands to minister in our world today unless it's our hands. And he has no feet to go and help out unless it be our feet. That go. Now, Jesus wants to develop compassion. Jesus wants to develop compassion in your heart. How does he do that? How does he go about developing compassion in our hearts so that we will respond 
Well, I think we have to ask what kind of compassion? What kind of compassion specifically is Jesus working in my heart and in your heart to produce? Let's turn to Mark chapter 8. We've already read verse 1 and 2. Notice back in verse 2, Jesus said, I have compassion. I'm going to talk more about that word in just a moment. But notice now verse 3. Jesus said, If I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way. They won't make it all the way home. And some of them have come from far away. You see, Jesus, Jesus has this wonderful compassion. He sees that these people are hungry. He sees that these people are in need. And my friends, that's where real compassion starts. Real compassion, real Christ-like compassion begins when we open our eyes to see the need. Real compassion looks beyond the faults of people, all their hurts and hang-ups and habits, to see the pain beneath it all, and to see the most important hunger, that's the spiritual hunger, in people's lives, in people's hearts. A few years ago, a Bible college professor gave an assignment to his class. In his class, he had all Bible majors. Every student was planning to be a minister. He gave them this assignment. I want you to go to all these different places. There'll be one person per place here on campus. And I want you to stand there and I want you to preach. And furthermore, he gave them the topic. He said, I want you to preach on the Good Samaritan. That was not the purpose of this assignment, okay? What he did is he arranged for people to play act. Each student would have to go past a person in great need, terrible need, urgent need. Each Bible major had to go past a person in great need. And the test was, would they be a good Samaritan? Would you like to know how many Bible majors stopped to help that person in need? I'll give you the answer. Zero. Zero. Well, why? They're Bible majors. They should be spiritually minded. They kept on saying, well, we had an assignment. We wanted to go to our assigned place and, and preach and speak. I think we are like those students in many ways. I think like those students, sometimes we're in such a hurry... Sometimes we're in such a hurry, we don't even see the needs of the people that God has placed in our world. What happens? We can get so set on our plans, on our schedules, on our appointments, that we don't see the need that God has placed right before us. Opportunities to minister, opportunities to serve. 
maybe, maybe you might be like myself. Often I pray this prayer. Jesus, help me to see what you see. Help me, Lord, to see the needs all around me. After you see the need, after you see the need, you need to feel the need as well. Don't just stop with just seeing the need. Sympathize with those in need and, and sense their pain. That's what Jesus does right here. Notice, he said, I have compassion. I love that word that Mark uses here, that Jesus uses. This word means a feeling from down deep. It's not a surface feeling. It's a down deep in your gut feeling. Jesus honestly looked around and saw those people and he felt compassion. Now, I've, I've got to confess to you, um, I have a weakness. Miss <sighs> Barbara, forgive me here. I love puppy dogs. Some people love cats. I love puppy dogs. And when I see a little dog on the side of the road abandoned, my heart goes out. Oh, my heart goes out. Jesus wants us to sympathize, to feel that need down deep, to sense their pain. Now, this situation here in Mark chapter 8, Jesus felt though for these people intensely and they were not even his kind of people. Did you know that? Where is Jesus? Jesus is in the Decapolis. That, that word means ten cities. These were ten major Gentile. Uh-oh, Gentile. Don't like those Gentiles. Kind of back up from them. He's in Gentile land. Very few Jews living in that area. The crowd would have been overwhelmingly Gentile. And in spite of their differences, Jesus was a Jew and these people were Gentiles. Jesus still felt their need. He felt their pain in his gut. And he wants us to do the same. He wants us to feel for the needs of others, even if they're not part of our group. Galatians 6, verse 10, let us do good to all men, all men, especially the household of faith, or even if they're not our kinds of people. I was brought into this a few years ago. I was working at a church that had a, an alcohol and drug recovery program. For people in the community. I met people that I had never met before. We did not run in the same circles. I met alcoholics. Well, I had been around a few alcoholics. I had a couple friends of mine that had been alcoholics. But I met drug addicts. People who had sold drugs. I even met people who had lived under bridges. Yes, my friends. 
lived under bridges. When I first started helping out, I'll be honest with you, I was uncomfortable. They talked different. They acted different. They were different from me. And I wasn't comfortable. I came to understand that they had a spiritual need just like everybody else. They needed Jesus in their lives. We now have brothers and sisters in the church that came from that program. Now, it's in those places that often that we're not comfortable that Jesus wants us to meet the people in need. There are places of pain. There are places of need. And there's places that no one else wants to go to, but Jesus calls us to go to them. You see, if you say, but Michael, I, I don't want to even think about those people. <laughs> don't even ask me to be with them. I don't even want to think about them. I hear you because I was that kind of person at one time. If you have the same problem that I had way back then, if you have that same problem, then first let's ask Jesus to help us. Let's ask Jesus to give us his heart of compassion that not only sees the need, but feels the need as well. Willing to go to those people in need. And then next, Jesus wants us to see the need, He wants us to feel the need, and He wants us to meet the need as well. Jesus wants us to serve. He wants us to serve the needy of our community. He doesn't want us to just stay up here on top of this hill he wants us to get out in the community. You know, I often say we are the best kept secret in hot springs. Remember, I told you this when I moved here, I asked people who actually work here on Airport Road. I don't know, 20 something people. I asked them the question, do you know where the at that time we were called Airport Road. We changed it to 70 West, but back then it was called Airport Road. I said, do you know where the Airport Road Church of Christ is? Well, I, th I think I've heard that word. No, I don't really know. Very few of those people who worked every day, who drove past our building every day, knew about us. Jesus is calling for us to get out of this building and to get into the community. He wants us to serve the needy. He wants us to do what we can do. That's because, that's because it's not enough just to feel sorry for people. That sorrow must lead to service or it doesn't do anybody any good. James chapter 2 James chapter 2, verse 14. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith, but does not have works, can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed 
and lacking in daily food. And one of you says to them, just go in peace. Just get out of my way. Get away from here. Go in peace. Be warmed and filled. Without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? Amen, James. Amen. A man was telling his wife about what had happened that morning. About passing a, a woman in a, in a downpour of rain. She had a flat tire that was very obvious. And she was there standing by her car with an umbrella, helpless. The man said, I thought to myself how awful it is for people not to help such a poor woman. And I would have stopped and helped her if I was not on my way to the church building to have breakfast with the men. You know how I love that breakfast. My friends, that kind of compassion is totally meaningless. Instead, Jesus calls us to a compassion that compels us to stop and help, to do what we can and to give what we have to meet the need. That's what Jesus is doing with his disciples. Here in Mark chapter 8, he is asking them, but in typical fashion, his disciples say this, verse 4. And now his disciples answered him, well, how? How can one feed these people with bread here in this desolate place? Uh, disciples, do you remember what just happened just a little while ago? The feeding of the 5,000? Now, that was on the Jewish side of the land. Similar situation, great crowd of people, very little food, and they had 12 baskets of food left over. I think their memory button, Billy, were not working that day. They said, we can't do it. We can't do it. It's impossible. In other words, we can't do it. We don't have the resources. But Jesus won't take no for an answer. Look at verse 5. And he asked them, well, how many loaves do you have? They said seven. Now, let me just stop right there. Jesus did not need even one loaf. He could have fed everybody instantly because he is God the Son. But he wanted their participation. He wanted his disciples to be involved so they would remember, hopefully, this story. Verse 6. And he directed the crowd to sit down on the ground. Lord, uh, don't do that. If you have them sit down, they're going to expect you to feed them. Don't you know that? He took the seven loaves and having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before the people. And they set them before the crowd, and they had a few small fish. And having blessed them, he said that these also should be set before them. And they ate, and were still hungry. Does your Bible say that? No, it doesn't say that. They were satisfied, they were filled. Nobody left hungry. Hungry. 
They took up the broken pieces left over, seven baskets full. Now, 12 baskets over on the Jewish side, because 12 is a significant number in the Jewish mind. Seven is a significant number in the Gentile world. So here they have seven baskets left over. And there were about 4,000 people. Now, if you read Matthew's account, you know it's 4,000 men besides women and children. Exactly how many? We don't know. 6,000, 8,000, 10,000? We don't know. But a lot more than just 4,000. And he sent them away. And immediately, that's one of those times here, and immediately he got in the boat with his disciples. Jesus is asking us to do the same thing today. When we have opportunities to serve, let's go out on the limb of faith and trust our Lord to do it, to make the difference. My friends, this is way beyond what any of us can do on our own. I realize that. In fact, it's flat out impossible without Christ. On our own, we don't even really truly see or feel the need, much, much less meet the need. We've got to bring Jesus into this equation. Jesus has to be part of this equation. You see, Christ, Jesus, Jesus Christ can do it all through us if we will just allow him to. If we'll trust Him, do we trust Him? If we'll give Him what we have, if we'll give Him what we have, He can make the difference. Like He asked His original disciples about 2,000 years ago, Jesus asked us today, what do you have? And then He says, let me use it to meet the needs of many of many. You see, hard times are not a time for Christians to be stingy. This past year has been a hard year. We could have hard times ahead of us. Difficult times are times for Christians to be generous, to be serving, to be making the difference so that Jesus himself can be glorified in our community. Because that's really what we want. We want God to be glorified, not us. We want Jesus to be glorified, not us. <laughs> but uh, someone's going to be asking, maybe not verbally, but maybe in your mind, well, what, what about my needs? I've got needs. I've got problems. Well, did you, see what, uh, did you see what Jesus did for his disciples? They had seven loaves of bread. They ended up with what? Seven baskets. They had seven loaves. They ended up with seven baskets. They went from seven loaves to seven baskets. In other words, Jesus gave to them abundantly, overwhelmingly. Here's my point. 
When we see the need, when we feel the need, and when we meet the need, Jesus will always give us what we need. I promise you that. He gives us what we need. Now, not what we want. There's a difference between wants and needs, okay? But he gives us what we need. Jesus will provide the essentials, sometimes just enough, sometimes more than enough to meet all, not some, but all of our needs. Matthew 6, 33, but seek first, first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Luke chapter 6, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Reminds me of when I would go visit my mom after I got married. I always had to leave with something. <laughs> my mom would not let me leave empty. And she always would fill up those bowls. She always kept those throwaway plastic bowls, you know, Cool Whip bowls, whatever. And those bowls would be just you know, so full that, you know, they would pop up a little bit in the middle. Jesus says, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Second Corinthians, Paul says, and God is able to make all, A-L-L, -L, all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in what all, A-L-L, -L, things, at what, at all, A-L-L, -L, times, you may abound in every good work. What could we do this year to make a difference in our community when we take care of the people that are on the Lord's heart, He takes care of us. You can trust Him for that. The question is, what will you do this morning, this week, this month, this year, to make a difference in people's lives? Notice my third article in the bulletin today. The Power of Example. How will you respond to this call for compassion? Will you trust Jesus? Will you trust Jesus enough to reach out in love to someone today? This week? This month? This year? Even if it costs you now, notice. Do you notice I put money last? There's a reason. It's often easier to give money than it is time. We don't like to give up our time or our effort. Now, money is important. That's true. We need to have money to make a difference in our community, to help our community. But we also need time and effort. And that is what is difficult for us to give up. Because we don't like to give up our time or to put forth an effort to serve, to work. Will you at least, if you're not ready to do this, will you pray with me? Will you ask Jesus to open up your eyes?
to see the need so that He can open up your heart to fill the need and open up your hands to meet the need? Will you do that with me? Will you pray with me? I hope you will. Last verse, Ephesians chapter 3. Now to him who is able, in fact, let me just say he's more than able, who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. Within us. This morning, are you a Christian? Notice these verses on the wall. This is not me talking, this is Jesus talking. Every verse are words from our Lord. He calls us to believe in Him, to repent, to confess, and to be baptized. Now, if you've already done that, and I look upon dear brothers and sisters, and if we are not living 24-7, as I often say, it's our hope, our wish, it is our prayer that we all live for Jesus 24-7. If you're not living for Jesus 24-7, you can ask for forgiveness. God will forgive. 1 John 1, 9. The church stands ready to pray with you and for you. James 5, 16. If you have any need to respond this morning, I'm praying that you will respond while we stand and sing for your encouragement.